Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. I remember asking a guy after a town hall meeting one time, why is it that every town hall meeting for the last, say, two months, it sounds like your updates are exactly the same update as last time. Why is there nothing new? It's the same old stuff. Why do you keep saying the same old stuff? And he gave me an answer that, well, frankly, I'd asked the same question of a preacher a couple of years before that. Why is it, it seems like you keep preaching the same messages over and over again. Both of them gave me the same answer. And I'm going to share that with those of you who are willing to stay through this entire podcast on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And the answer that he gave me, it kind of struck me. But then I've pondered the answer for a long time since then. And I've seen that the answer was, well, not only was it valid, it's kind of a requirement. There's a reason that when elementary age kids begin to take regular quizzes and tests, that the teacher will teach them the content for a week or so, and then they'll ask them a quiz on it called a pop quiz. Well, the pop quiz is really just testing the measurement of how much retention they have. But before the actual test comes up, you know, the one that's graded, the one that makes a big difference, you know, pop quiz might be you have five or six of those in a semester. And so each one's worth 10 or 12% of your overall grade. But that big test, that final exam, the, the subject matter test, that one can fail you if you mess up on that test. If you haven't got it by now, you're in trouble. So what does the teacher do? Well, usually they go over some of that information with the big stomp on the floor to say, this is going to be on the test. Why am I telling you that? Because I want you to remember this for the test. This is going to be on the test. See, there's this thing in learning called repetition. Repetition is the mother of all learning. So the boss that I said, why do you keep telling us the same stuff in every town hall meeting and the preacher who keeps preaching the same message over and over again and the teacher who keeps stomping their foot before the big exam, they're all doing the same thing. Repetition, because repetition is the mother of all learning. It might be on the test. So you got to pay close attention. You got to listen. You're going to be tested on this. It's coming back at you again. If you hadn't noticed, the media is real good at the same thing. Well, sometimes they'll release it as a, a trivial little news story. It's like watching a butterfly fly away. You're thinking, All right, it was like I caught something in that, but I'm not exactly sure. And then a little moth will go the other direction with exactly the same message. And then dragonflies will flutter up. And if you've ever walked through a grassy field in the middle of the spring, and it looks like it's just a still bunch of grass with little heads of maybe seeds on the top but as you get closer they all little bugs little night bugs they all flutter away in different directions and messaging tends to do the same thing first it's a little glint over here and then it's a little glint over there and it's the dragonfly that seems to hover around your face for a minute and you can't really get it out of your view and then 
all of a sudden it's everywhere. It's overwhelming. And it's the same thing you've been hearing, only now it sounds just a little twist different. Before it was a notion, it was an idea that somebody said, well, maybe possibly what if something like that happened? And then suddenly it was a, hey, you know what? This might actually could happen. And here's what would happen if that did happen. And then there's the dragonfly. This is what's going on right now. But not in your world, not in, not in your neighborhood, not on your street, not in your house, but, but it, it's happening to somebody somewhere like right now. And then all of a sudden it's like walking through the grass and the little bugs just come up everywhere. And everyone you know is now dealing with that butterfly you saw months ago. Everybody you know is dealing with the interest rates, with their home mortgage, with the banks not having the cash that they went to get. Everybody's dealing with the gas prices. My wife told me yesterday that she was paying $3.50 a gallon in some places to fill up her little car. $3.50 a gallon? I thought we were back down in the $2 range. What happened here? Better question. Where's the butterflies talking about gas prices going up? Oh, that's right, they're not, because we're coming into an election cycle. And not only that, they're not talking about the banks and the mainstream media. They're not talking about war around the world. They're not talking about China and Brazil usurping the U.S. dollar as a primary form of methodology for paying for petro, the anchor to the petrodollar. Well, that could be going away in the next couple of weeks. They're not talking about the, the president of Kenya saying, Look, if you're holding American dollars, you should get rid of those because that's not a good investment. These are those little butterflies that have been fluttering out of the edges of your screen for months, maybe years. In fact, if you pay any attention to the WEF, for decades they've been saying a collapse is coming. Are they predicting or planning? That's a whole different question. Here's what I know, though. Leaders pay attention to the messaging. Leaders play, pay close attention to the messaging. And leaders who are on the top of their game, they're planning that messaging. And sometimes that messaging doesn't sound like, meh, 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 warning, 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 warning. No, it sounds like, you know, you should get your house in order. It's probably a good idea that, that you have a little cash reserves and maybe not even just in local currency, but perhaps in, say, gold or real estate or something that's a little more tangible, something you can hold on to, something you can transfer or transact with should the day come that your, um, your, your local currency doesn't work. Those little messages, the butterflies flitting off the edge of the screen, those are, those are early alerts. Sometimes they're planned just to see how people will react to them. True story, you know it. You've heard little buzzes about by 2030 you'll own nothing and you'll like it. Who knows what's gonna happen? We barely know what the gas prices are gonna be next week. If you pay attention to the weathermen, they'll tell you it's gonna rain today. Sorry, not gonna rain today. It's gonna rain tonight at eight o'clock. Well, okay, not, not tonight at eight o'clock, maybe at midnight. And somewhere between midnight and two in the morning we have horrific storms. But we thought that was coming like 12 hours ago. So this prediction model thing that, that we're looking at around the world, that maybe it's accurate, maybe it's not. But when you can tell me what the cultural, social, global, economic climate is going to look like by 2030, that's not predictive. That's planning. 
Let that sink in for a minute. That's not predictive. That's planning. I'm going to float this little trial balloon up here. I'm going to, I'm going to send a butterfly over this way. I'm just going to see how many people turn their gaze to that and watch closely as it happens. I want to see who's actually paying attention because they won't be able to say in 2030, we didn't tell you or we didn't warn you. Well, because they have for decades, they have. But see, the problem is from time to time, people catch on to that messaging and they go, hang on, I, I think I just heard, I, I think I saw a little butterfly cut across the corner of the screen and, 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 and I'm concerned about what that might mean. Can, can we just talk about that for a minute? And all of a sudden the whole plan gets delayed, it gets scrapped, it gets interrupted. And then some yahoo comes along with a butterfly net and starts catching all those and going, okay, but what about this message and this message and this message and this message and this message? And what if all of those are part of the bigger plan? What if those are all messages part of the prediction, part of the what if scenarios, this, this game planning or war gaming that we've been doing? What, what if all of those are part of a bigger plan and it has an agenda behind it and, and we don't like it? And then somebody with a butterfly net starts to catch all those thoughts and put them all in the same container and go, these are all the same kind of butterflies. These are all the same kind of myths. They own the same kind of moths, the same kind of dragonflies, the same kind of little overwhelming swarm of bugs at the top of the grass in the dark. It's not a random incident or a random message. It's not a prediction of, wow, imagine how accurate I could have been. I can't tell you what the weather will be or what the gas prices are going to be. I can't tell you what the banks are going to do. Nobody knew SVB was going to collapse. Right. Nobody knew the petrodollar was going to lose its value and the U.S. current reserve of petroleum was going to be bye-bye by then. Nobody knew that was going to happen. But they could tell you you're going to own nothing by 2030 and you'll be happy. They can tell you you'll be eating bugs and not beef in the next five years, and you won't have a choice. That's not a prediction, my friends. That's a plan. But see, leading the narrative requires messaging. It, testing that message, floating the little butterfly up there until it goes viral, until everybody kind of catches on to it, and they start repeating it because... Repetition is the mother of all learning. And when people start repeating it, whether it's in the media or it's in the conversation around the water cooler or it's with the family around the dinner table, those conversations become ingraining of the process. Well, I heard so-and-so is coming. Well, I don't like that idea. Well, it doesn't matter. It's unstoppable at this point. Well, it's not unstoppable. It's just predicted because it's planned. It's predicted because it's planned. When a company says, like McDonald's did last week, we're going to close our corporate offices eh, for a couple of days, maybe, maybe three or four days. We're going to restructure and we might have to, you know, downsize some jobs. But because we know that violence in the workplace happens sometimes when people are put in stressful positions, we don't want any of you in the corporate stores. We don't want any of you in the corporate headquarters when we make this announcement because some people might, well, they might be under stress. That's not predicted. It's planned. You have to wonder how many other things were not predicted, but planned. Where were all the Capitol Police? Why did what happened look so much like what happened in Seattle? 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but was it predicted or was it planned? See, leaders understand that messaging, in order for it to go viral, it has to go early. That has to be a planned message. You have to choose just the right words that you're going to say. Now, here's something you may not have caught on to. This is not anything new under the sun. That kind of messaging, that kind of selective word choice, that's been going on for as long as humans have communicated with each other. Maybe you've seen the little ichthus. It's just a ichthus. It actually had a meaning. It actually had letters drawn in the middle of it early on. Now, some people have boiled it down to say, well, that's the sign of the fishers of men because he said, I'll make you fishers of men. Not a bad, simplified translation, but not the truth in whole. It was actually a different message than that. And if you saw the little fish, then you knew. If you drew half of it and the other person drew the other half of it, you knew what it was. But if you drew half of it and somebody else made a smiley face out of it, you do something entirely different. And the messaging was a planned way ahead of the event. Still true. You might see people, I think it was Mark Wahlberg, I saw with the ashes on his forehead this last week, and he said, you know, not all my friends believe like this, but those who do, they get it. And I honor and respect everyone, but those who believe like this, they get it. That's a profound statement. Those who believe like this, they get it. They understand the core values. They understand the messaging. In order for it to go viral, that messaging has to be planned. And the word choice has to be very specific because those words will either be repeated or they won't. They'll be put in play or they won't. And sometimes those words, those selected, planned messages sound so simple and colloquial that if you're not an insider, you don't know what they mean. I heard a guy once say, never take a free shirt from a half-naked man. Well, that's, that's pretty good colloquialism. Hey, you might have to ask for a translation. In fact, 25 years from now, if you were to read that in a book, you might think, I hope this whole chapter explains what that statement means because I don't get it. But if you're from the old world, you know, like 20 years ago, if you grew up in the country, you know what that means. Don't take advice from somebody who can't dress themselves. Don't take something from someone who has nothing to offer you. It's not just what you learn, as my mentor John Maxwell says, it's who you learn it from. The advice that you're taking, are you getting it from people who are intentionally dropping butterflies off the corner of the screen, making you wonder, what is this really about? Did I really just see that? Did I really just hear that phrase? Was that a planned, seeded message that's going to sprout later on? Is it going to become a dragonfly in my face that won't go away? Is it going to become a, a thought that becomes undeniable? a reality that I have to deal with. See, those messages are, are planned way in advance, probably way in advance of you hearing them. There's a reason when you hear certain things on a news report and three days later you hear it on another news report and then that evening you hear it on every news report. It's like you're flipping through the channels and every time you change the channel, every time you go from YouTube to Facebook to Instagram, the same set of words are being repeated about what happened or what's going to happen. 
that's not just a news report that's planned messaging it's gone from the butterflies off the corner of the screen to the field of grasses that are about to explode into little night bugs everywhere those messages don't happen by accident leaders understand this leaders also know that in order to lead well you're going to have to have your own little butterflies off the corner of the screen, like the preacher, like the corporate of, uh, official, uh, like the news guy, like the math teacher. This is probably going to be on the test. Start now with the messaging of your own core values. Start now repeating those phrases that you want your kids, your grandkids to know, to understand. Because I'll promise you there was a day at Auschwitz that the parents of the children in the same camp looked at each other and said, it wasn't supposed to be like this. But they didn't see the writing on the wall ahead of time enough to do anything about it. Those who did, who fled, some lost their lives in fleeing, and others are still around to tell the story. They're aging out now. But that doesn't make the story any less true. But the little butterfly across the corner of the screen, those started in Germany in the late 20s. Not when the war started. No, they started in Germany in the late 20s. They started in Cuba in the late 50s. They started in Venezuela around 2007. Study your history, my friends. Those little butterfly messages that are flitting off the edge of the screen right now, those things that you're hearing like, well, you know, by 2030, the whole world's gonna be different. That's not a prediction, that's a plan. So here's my challenge to you as a leader. What are you planning? What are you planning for your family, for your organization, for those that you lead, for those that you influence, what are you planning? Jeremiah had a plan. Not a plan to destroy you, but a plan to prosper you, to make you the head and not the tail. Those words have been around for thousands of years. If those are the words that are dripping from your tongue, from your thoughts, the little butterflies flitting off the edge of the screen, the messaging, that's not a prediction, it's a plan. What plan do you have for those that you're responsible to? What plan do you have for yourself? What does that messaging look like now for what is to come? There's three parts of every story, the was, the is, and the is to come. The is to come is much greater than what was and what is right now. But the is to come will only be what you intend for it to be if you begin now messaging, not only in your own head, but in the lives of people around you, I call that story power. You cannot lead the narrative without story power. You have to have the ability to tell a story that resonates like the butterfly off the edge of the screen that becomes the dragonfly in your face, that becomes the unbelievable and undeniable presence of the swarm of thoughts and ideas that take over someone's life. It's the nature of humanity. It's the nature of our communication styles. But you'll either plan them or you'll be a part of somebody else's plan. That's true of every goal you've ever set. It's true in story power. It's true in leading the narrative. It's true in leading in this world. And you're responsible as the leader to plan the message that will go viral. It's on you. Take the time to ask yourself, what future do I want to see? What messaging has to be current then in order for that to be true? What do I have to begin to plant in the heads of people now so that that becomes true? 
Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure. That attitude of excellence starts on day one of training, but you'll see that it embeds itself in the entire culture of the organization all the way up to senior management, to franchise owners, to corporate leaders. It's my pleasure is a genuine heartfelt emotion. Maybe the first 55 times it was said by the new clerk standing in the drive-through in the pouring rain, it wasn't felt, but it was expected. And now it's like the little night bugs fluttering up from the grass. It so permeates every thought and every idea and every emotion. It is part of who they are. What messages do you have like it's my pleasure that you repeat in the presence of your organization, that you repeat at every town hall meeting, every message, every sermon, every math test? Do you remind them it will be on the test? This is an expectation that I have for you. Have you started messaging virally like that in your organization? If not, you're late. Start now, because it's not a prediction, my friends. It's a plan. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in the media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement, and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings, and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at 9, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.